Well, good morning. You glad you came? I mean, hasn't been a great morning, I'm telling you. Hey, especially if you're a guest, uh, I know uh, Marshall said it a moment ago, but thank you for being here, especially on a holiday weekend. I know a lot of people are traveling, but you chose to be here, and it really does mean a lot to us. My name is Kenny. I'm the campus pastor. And, um, you know, it's been a great series as we started the uh, new year, uh, 2020 together. And if you haven't been here, I don't want you to feel left out, so I'll, I'll try to bring you up to speed the best I can. Uh, we started the very first Sunday of 2020 just asking one simple question, and it is this, what is your dream? for 2020. And a dream is a little different than a goal. You know, a goal of losing weight, of doing better financially, of having a better marriage, those are amazing and great. In many cases, you can do those by yourself. A dream is bigger than you are. A dream is almost impossible to accomplish without the help and support of other people. And especially when it is a God-given dream, it is something that is way beyond even your name, your reputation, and many times way beyond even your influence. But if we learn anything about what we're celebrating tomorrow, never underestimate the power one individual can have. One man, one woman, one student can literally change not only a a movement, but they can change the world. And I know that's what we celebrate tomorrow with Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, most people know him by one speech that he gave, I have a dream. When you talk about somebody who had a dream bigger than himself, he is the perfect example of that. But most people don't know that before God gave him uh, a national stage or a world stage, if you will, his stage was actually behind the pulpit because he was a pastor and a preacher. And uh, this week, I actually listened to a few of his sermons. And I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. His cadence, how he spoke, the way he would turn a phrase, I'm like, God, why can't you made me like that? I mean, he's just an amazing guy. So if you've not heard any of his sermons, other than that one, I encourage you to do so. There are a few online that you can, you can hear. And most people don't know that he actually spoke over 200 sermons in his lifetime. Um, the one I have a dream, the one that he's famous for, 1963 on the, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., um, really a game changer message for sure. Most people don't know that that message was taken from Isaiah 40 in the Bible very dear to his heart. He loved Isaiah. Many of his sermons came from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter six, one of his sermons came from. And then I read that sermon this week. It was really, really good. And there was a, there was something he said that I wanted to share with you because I went, that is so true for us. Every single person, every decade who's ever lived, this is true. And here's what he said from that sermon from Isaiah chapter six. There's hardly any drive in human nature more elemental than the practice of worship. Everywhere man appears as a worshiping creature, whether he is Buddhist praying in his temple, a Confucianist bowing down in his shrine, a Muslim kneeling in his mosque, a Jew worshiping in his synagogue, or a Christian praising God in his cathedral. Last line, man is a worshiping creature. That is true. When I read that, I thought, man, That right there, if we could really grasp that about ourselves, you don't get the option to worship. You get the option of what or who you're going to worship with your life. Your mind's attention and your heart's affection is going to go to someone or something. You don't get the option of if you will be a worshiping creature. You will worship. The question is, is the object you're worshiping worth your life? Because you only get one. Is it worth your time, 
your attention, your finances, the thing you think about when no one's there, the thing you can't wait to be a part of or to be with when no one even knows the depths of what you're thinking about and how passionate you really are. Is it worth your one life? Because he was so right. You were made to be a worshiper. And what he believed, and which I believe as well, and that's this, you were made by God and from God. And this was his I have a dream speech, that every single person on the planet is valuable. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. Every single person on the planet is loved by God. He has a purpose for their life. And his dream, Marshall was right when he said it a moment ago, Martin Luther King Jr., his dream for humanity was really God's dream for the church. That the church would actually be a place that every single person on the planet felt valuable and important, not left out, not weird because you're going through something in life you think no one else is going through in life. And so we said over the last couple of weeks, what is, what is God's dream? What would God's dream for 2020 be? Well, it's no different than the dream of, that he's had this, the whole time that humans have existed. He would dream of a church where everyone is welcome. No matter your background, the color of your skin, going through a hard time, going through a great time, divorced, married, single, doesn't matter. Every single person is welcome in the doors of a church. God's dream is also that every single person would make a difference with their life and serve. Somehow, some way, God has given you a talent, given you a skill, and when you use that talent or skill, he knows how to change people's lives through how you serve and when you serve. This is God's dream for you. And also God's dream for the church would be a place where every single life is changed. Because while we open up our arms and to say every single person is welcome, every single person, I don't care who you are, don't care what you've been through, every single person is welcome to come just as you are, no perfect people allowed, but don't stay that way. Let him speak into the dark crevices of your life that no one knows about, that you even hate, that you struggle with, that you want to change, let him have those areas so you can change. And it begins by seeing him for who he is and that your life really does look different after being here for a while. Now, in our staff, you need to know that we love sharing life change stories. This is why we do what we do on Sundays. It's why we do what we do during the week. So we always start our, our time together with, hey, has anybody got any life change stories? That's what the church should be about. And man, anybody got one? And there was a story that took place this past Sunday on our Sugarland campus. That I thought, man, that is a great story of all three of those, a place where everyone's welcome, a place where someone is serving and where someone's life has changed. And I wanted to share it with you real fast. As a matter of fact, Alicia, you'll see in this picture, she's going to be on your left. Alicia was actually baptized last Sunday at our Sugarland campus. Now, for every person who's baptized, we just ask them to write out their story. Hey, tell us about your journey with Jesus. How did he change your life? Her story goes like this, that she grew up in a very non-religious home, but it was very dark as well. Um, she actually talks about how being involved in things at a very early age, no one should ever been involved with. There was abuse in her life. Um, because of that, she just didn't care a whole lot about anything, even school. She would skip school a whole lot. We're all the school skippers in here. We're all the rebels. Come on, don't be afraid. I'm not turning you in today. I'm just asking, right? No perfect people. We can join her on that one for sure. But it led to also, not only because of the abuse she experienced, because of the things involved in her environment and around her environment, she just started looking for someone to love her. And it led to a preteen, not teen, a preteen abortion that she would have. And she would actually say, 
when that happened in my life, it was like the last straw internally for me. I became just a robot walking through life, so void, so dark, so empty in my life. And it was when I really said, I'm, I'm giving up on God as well. If this, these kind of things happen to me as a preteen. But she would also say this, that after that abortion, there was a darkness she can't explain. And there was depression that she's never experienced before that would just trail her life for years and years and years and years and years. She would connect with a lady by the name of Janan Cash, who's on your right. They knew each other, met each other, but now they're kind of reconnecting. And not long ago, Janan was able to uh, go to lunch with her, ask her out to lunch. They sit down at the lunch table and Janan asked her a little bit about her life and what's going on now and catch up and all of this. And Janan asked her, do you know how to pray? <laughs> Isn't that an odd question to ask at lunch to somebody? And Alicia said, uh, yeah. And Alicia said, she just kind of stirred around for a minute because she doesn't pray. And she just said, yeah, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the, our father's prayer. You know, that one. And Janine said, well, you know, prayer really should be simple. It's just you sharing your heart with God. He loves you. You're valuable to him. And it's that you talk to him and he wants to say something back to you. And so Janine looks at Alicia and goes, we're going to pray right now. Like here, now, like, like right now. So they hold hands. Janine prays and then looks at Alicia and goes, it's your turn. Here is what Alicia says about that moment. No pressure, Right. My prayer was so short, all I remember saying was this. Lord God, I'm not even sure if I'm doing this right. Anybody ever felt that way in your prayers? I even think I'm starting this whole thing wrong. But please help me and guide me to be the best mother I can be to my children. I know I'm no longer in control, so I'm placing my life into your hands. I never want my children to feel the emptiness and pain of not being loved from their parents. Then I broke down into tears and I can't explain it. I can't explain what I felt in that moment, but there was an emotional weight lifted off of my shoulders and as if my heart was opening up like a flower blossoms in sunlight. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Life after I said yes to God has been nothing short of great I literally get excited when Sunday rolls around so I can attend the bridge. Don't you love that? Not that I have to go to church, but I get to go to church. I find myself much happier and I'm at peace since I said yes to God. Now I tell everyone I can about the bridge and how great Jesus is. Is that an amazing life change story or what? That is why we do what we do right there. That's it. Everyone's welcome. You can serve anyone at any time, even if it's a lunch, and life change takes place. Now, here's what I love about that. That's God's dream. That's God's dream. That's God's dream for you if you've never said yes to him. That's his dream for you. That's God's dream for you to serve someone around you. That's God's dream for his church that people would absolutely love coming to church. They don't have to, but they love coming this way. Now, God's dream actually started in an amazing way. It was a revolutionary movement that actually took place. 
Uh, Jesus lived, he taught, he died on a Roman, uh, by Roman crucifixion. Three days later, he's raised back to life and he's just hanging out, you know, in Starbucks telling people how amazing God is. I mean, it just flipped the whole city upside down. So you have this movement that started. Now, I wanna tell you a little bit of something about reading your Bible. Maybe it'll help if you're kind of new to the Bible. Your Bible is divided into two sections, Old Testament and New Testament. Very first part of the New Testament is when the, the story of Jesus begins. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Two eyewitnesses and two reporters talking about everything Jesus said, everything that he did, the life change stories that happened afterwards. And then the fifth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. I probably should have started this way. It's easier to hold my thumb out than, oh, sorry about that, than this one right here. Quit, no perfect pastors allowed. This book of the Bible is called Acts. Now, let me tell you why. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all about Jesus. The book of Acts, how the first Christians acted. That's why it's called the book of Acts. What did they do? How did they live? Well, here's what you find. At the beginning of, of the story of the book of Acts, you had a small group of believers, the disciples. That was it. Then they caught fire of, we got to tell everybody about them. We've got to. The story's too good. He changes people's lives. He's changing our life. This is crazy. So it starts spreading. When you read through the book of Acts, you find this movement starting to take place and the gospel expanding into different areas. Let me show you. Acts chapter two, verse 47. God had favor with all the people and he began, here it is, adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. God's dream coming true for the church. You flip over to Acts chapter five, verse 14. And all the more believers in the Lord, uh, there were more believers in the Lord. Multitudes of men and women, here it is, were constantly added to their number. Flip over, uh, weeks go by. Acts chapter six, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly. A few more weeks, Acts chapter nine, verse 31. The church throughout all Judea and Galilee, now it's going to different places, different cities, different territories, enjoyed peace. They were being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, check it out. It continued to increase. A few more weeks, Acts chapter 11, verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them. Here it is. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. So you have God's dream of his son, people falling in love with his son, knowing about what his son did, and it just starts spreading. God's dream coming true. Everyone's welcome. People serving one another in tangible ways, and lives are being changed. God's dream for the church. That's how it started, and it just starts spreading. You would think everybody gets excited about that. Not true. As a matter of fact, there were a group of Jewish people who started seeing, oh, you're not going to believe this, Gentiles wanting to know Jesus. And if you don't know, if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. They start saying to themselves, whoa, 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 whoa. It can't be this easy for them. It shouldn't be this easy for a Gentile to come to Jesus. So the argument actually started amongst the, the, those believers that there should be rules and rituals for a Gentile to follow before they come to know Jesus. You want to know what one of them was? Circumcision. Put that in your newcomers 101 class for people who are wanting to join your church. 
Hey, we're glad everyone's here. Oh, men, by the way, if you come over to this room real fast, we'll make you a member. You ain't going to be able to walk or see for four days, but it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Welcome to the bridge. I mean, can you imagine? This was the argument. It's too easy. It's too easy. And then, in that argument, you can read about it in the book of Acts. In that discussion, never underestimate the power one individual can have. Never underestimate it. The half-brother of Jesus, James, which you know his words carried a lot of weight, he stood up and said one thing. Listen, it can be argued that that one thing he said from one individual is the reason you're actually sitting in this theater today. Here's what he said. Acts chapter 15, verse 19. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. One statement. One individual changed history. And when you keep reading Acts, because of that, it spread to Gentiles and Gentiles giving their life to Christ and you're sitting in a theater because of the movement and revolution that took place. His argument, don't make it so hard. Why, why are you guys trying to make it so difficult? Don't have hoops, don't have rules. It's okay, just let people come to Jesus if they want to. Can we just admit that churches know how to make it real difficult in today's world? I was a little stronger than anticipated. So, okay, I don't know your story, but we'll just all agree. You got to dress a certain way. You got to know the right thing. You got to memorize the right prayer. You got and it's like J James will stand up and go, whoa, 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 whoa. In 2020, don't make it difficult. God's dream, people know him. That's it. Love people where they are and lead them to fall more in love with him. Don't make it so difficult. So as a bridge, we have never wanted to make it difficult we want people to know that there's a place you can come where you're going to be loved, you're going to be welcome, and in the process, you're going to hear a message about how much God loves you and wants to change your life for the better, not the worse. And I love when those things, again, just kind of connect and add up. I want to share another, another story with you, and I'm going to do the best I can to, to, make this, to, make, to make it where you can really understand the story behind it because it's so powerful. Um, the, the picture of this mom and, and her kids <clears throat> blacked out because they're actually in the witness protection program. So I can't give you their names, but I can give you a little bit of their story. From Syria, uh, and she was in a uh, Muslim um, uh, family called the Druze. It was a forced marriage and arranged marriage she went into. In that marriage, there was torture that she experienced. There was abuse of every single kind that you can imagine that she experienced. Uh, long story. She makes her way to Venezuela to where she finds another man, marries him, and he's actually moving to America. In that relationship, there was abuse of every kind that you can think about. When she came to America, one counselor who actually attends the bridge um, says that she's never heard of abuse as much as this lady went through. About five months ago, four or five months ago, she connected with a ministry called Katie Cares, Many of our bridgers help in that ministry. This is a ministry dedicated to single moms who are going through a hard time. Housing, completely free. Counseling, completely free. Help, completely free. Um, that's what Katie Cares does. So at Katie Cares, 
She sits down with one of the directors and this lady is talking with her, hearing her story, and she proceeds to tell her about Jesus. She goes, let me tell you about Jesus. In the process, this lady looks back at that counselor and says, I know who you're talking about. I know that man. He showed himself to me in a dream. I've never known exactly who he is, but I know he's divine and I know he's from God. Tell me more. And of course, don't we all have witnessing stories like that, right? I mean, that's going down for all of us. <laughs> the lady gives her life to Christ, surrenders everything. At the same time, this is so crazy. At the same time that story's happening, there's another story happening right here in Longmeadow Farms. There is a couple, Will and Rhonda. Will and Rhonda, they have a story like we all have a story. Divorce on each side, hard times, hard marriages. They find one another though in 2011. They get married in 2014. When they come together, they're not not regular churchgoers. Um, matter of fact, there was some difference of opinions about religion itself, um, some different ways of viewing things, and uh, just not, not involved and not giving their life away. They get invited to come to this theater by a neighbor. And the neighbor actually said, we enjoy going. That's a crazy statement, by the way. You enjoy, I mean, if you're not a church goer and you hear someone say, we, we really enjoy going, it's a lot of fun. That's kind of like, what? Then another neighbor invites them. Then another neighbor, they step back and they're like, hang on just a minute. They go to Regal, they go to Regal, they go to Regal. They go. We are surrounded by people going to the Regal at the bridge. We are cornered, this is a game. Every neighbor started coming, lives being changed. They're like one of the last ones on their cul-de-sac to come. So they start coming. At the beginning of December in this theater, she told me, she said, uh, she wrote this to me. She goes, my favorite day probably in my entire life was when my husband leaned over to me and said, thank you for making me come to this church. That's like a miracle. She passes out in the theater. No, I'm just playing. She's like, oh my gosh. She told me, she goes, now Kenny, you were preaching, but I have no idea what you were talking about. I was on cloud nine in that moment going, God has changed our life. He's changed our marriage. He's changed our family. This is incredible. So they talk as a family and they get this idea. What if we now pass it on? What if we tell somebody about what God's done in our life? in a very practical way. So she emails our prayer ministry uh, email, which is in the bulletin and online. When you just send in a prayer request, she sent it in and goes, we don't need prayer, but we want to bless someone for Christmas. Do you have anybody in mind? The person who received it is actually on staff at Katie Cares. Tells this family, Will and Rhonda, about this family. They immediately respond. Well, we want, we want their wish list. Katie Care says, well, listen, we can give you their needs list. Now, well, you don't understand. We want their needs list and their wish list. This family, Will and Rhonda, along with other family members, they fulfill the entire list, needs and wishes, and throw a party for this family at Christmas. They were blown away. The kids, blown away. Opening up presents like crazy. This is what the mom said she said, I'm totally overwhelmed by this demonstration of love, care, and generosity. My kids and I have never 
in all of our lives experienced anything like this, not even from our own families. I trust your God, now my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to eventually provide for me and my family and take care of us in such a way that we can also bless other families in the way we have been blessed. I have never experienced so much love and I can truly see that the love of Christ through you in so many ways, words are not enough to thank you for what you have done for us today. God's dream come true. Do you see it? This is God's dream. This is his plan. Not that you just come and stay, but that you come, he changes your life, and then you go tell somebody else about how amazing he is. God's dream come true. We've shared over the last couple of weeks that we have a dream as a church that ties into God's dream. We are one church in two locations right now, Sugarland and Regal, but we're adding a third location this year um, and in Fulcher, in Fulcher High School, starting a campus in Fulcher High School. So for us, we just want to continue God's dream and expanding it to people who may need him. And we have prayed as a staff. We've talked to different people. We have prayed and prayed. And I'm so grateful that we have found God's uh, campus pastor for this location. He is a good friend of mine. I've known him for over 20 years. And I'm so glad that you get to meet him today. We were going to do it by video, but he's in town. And so his family's not here. But would you give a big, big Texas welcome to Chuck Butler right here. Yeah, I'm so yep. glad you're here. So glad you're here, man. Hello. Uh, Chuck and I, again, we've known each other for 20 years. Over 20 years, actually. We old. Yeah. <laughs> he had more hair and I had less weight. So, but, you know, we go <laughs> way back. We go, we go way, 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 way back. And uh, believe it or not, I've been here for 16 years, almost 17. And there have been three different occasions where I've said, we got to hire Chuck. We got to hire Chuck. And every time I called Chuck, uh, he would say no. But he finally got right with God, stopped sinning, and he's here. So we are <laughs> really really excited. But I just want him to take just a moment to uh, just share with you his heart for, for what God has been doing in his life and that you get to meet his family. Yes. Yeah, so to start out with, my name is Chuck. My wife is Amy. We have been married for almost 15 years. She is the coolest ever and she's incredible. Uh, we have four children, two boys, two girls. Macon is 13. She's about four inches taller than a mom, which makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> Ellie is 11 and she is in fifth grade Wrigley because I'm a Cubs fan. So just get over it. All right. Um, people, literally, that's the most passionate I've seen you guys this whole morning. It's like, oh, you're a Cubs fan. We hate him so much. Um, Wrigley is 10. He's my one introvert. That's it. He's it. The rest of my family, psychopaths. <laughs> but the little blonde kid, he just likes to find an iPad and go somewhere else. And then Deacon is our eight-year-old, and he kind of rounds out our family. And I cannot wait for you to meet them. When you do, I apologize for anything that they are doing, all right? We walk in very like a nice family, but about five minutes later, we're like, we, we need to leave, all right? We, uh, we love to have fun, and like I said, my wife is an incredible part of this journey, and what I've loved about now being a part of the bridge is I no longer have to say, hey, they do this. I get to be able to step in and go, we do this, and sitting in this theater, seeing what I have seen in the 9 o'clock service and the 10 o'clock and being able to meet so many people is I'm excited about stories. You hear the stories that Kenny has shared today about how God has allowed this church to connect people to Jesus. It's incredible. And as I look toward Fulcher, a city that I just learned how to spell two, two weeks ago, all right? Didn't know there was an A, all right? So 
I've got a bunch of T-shirts I need to sell really cheap all of a sudden, all right? Um, right. So I want you to know this, and this is what I believe, that there are people in the Fulcher area right now sitting in a home, great people, who don't know yet that Jesus is going to be a part of their story because the bridge is, a go is going to walk in and be a part of that area, and I'm excited and kind of can't believe that I get to be a part of it. But in a year, think about the people that are going to have those stories that we are going to get to see as the bridge and know that Jesus has changed their life and they are connected to Jesus and forever will be changed. And we'll have hundreds more of these type of stories that we get to tell because of what the bridge has done. And we're a bridge of hope and we get to go to Sugarland, We get to go to Richmond. And now we all in some way get to go to Fulcher. So thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. I'm about to jump off the stage excited to be a part of this. We we're doing stools earlier, and Kenny's like, maybe we should just go without the stools, all right? You're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> so if you see me out there, please come and meet me. I'd love to meet you. And then when my family comes, I can't wait for you because they are the best. Outside of Jesus, they are b the best part of me. So thank you guys so much. Awesome. Give me a hand right here. <clears throat> so glad you got to meet him today. And Chuck will be uh, outside. He's going to go uh, out there by our uh, guest service table. If you live in the Fulcher area, Katy area, and you think God might be working in your heart to go, make sure you meet Chuck today. Uh, shake his hand, high five, uh, rub his head, whatever you want to do. He'll love it. He'll absolutely love it. So um, great things are in store. And he was right. We all get to do this together. This is a bridge family of hope that we're part of on this, on this move of God. And so I want to tell you how you can be involved, not only just one church in three locations, but also one individual in three different ways that you can be involved. And so let me share those with you if you don't mind. The very first thing is that you can step out and maybe God is calling you uh, to go help launch this campus. I can't explain it, but there is something so exciting. That's not even a good word. There, you, you, you can't put into words being on the ground level of God doing something big. You just can't. It's a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. But if not, I encourage you to really pray about going to start that campus. Um, we're asking for 150 or 200 of you to go do that. And, um, and so maybe God is working in your heart to go. If for those who go, that means we're going to need leaders to step up here. So maybe not step out, but maybe to step up and start serving somewhere on this campus. And uh, man, it's time for you to get in the game and start serving to fill in vacancies that are going to be here so we can continue reaching more people in this area. Um, or for all of us, a way that we all can get involved is, of course, by giving. Um, I shared this last week. I want to share it again that uh, the goal that we have to launch this campus is $2 million. That, that buys the trailers. That buys the crayons. That buys the floor mats. That buys, uh, buys every cord, microphone, and the rental uh, that we have to pay at Fulcher High School. And so everybody can do something. If you're a guest, you can kind of you know turn your, turn your ears off right now, check Twitter or something, because it's not about money. But but it takes money to accomplish the dream God has given us. And so we want everybody involved. Let me tell you how you can be involved financially if God is leading you to do that. Number one is in two weeks, we have football Sunday coming up. It's a huge day for us. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. 
on football Sunday, kickoff of the Super Bowl, we want you to bring your best kickoff gift to help get us started. There are things we need to buy now and then things along the way over the next two years. So bring your best kickoff gift of whatever that might be, if you don't mind, on, on uh, football Sunday. And then on your card, there's actually, you can see on the very back, a place where you can pledge to, uh, to give monthly for two years. I said this last week that if every single person just pledges $100 uh, for two years, $2 million, done. That's it. That's it. So some of you can give $10. Some of you can give more than that, whatever God works on your heart. Bring these cards back with you next Sunday. And uh, that just helps us plan and know how to pray for you. If you're signing up to go, Chuck wants your information so he can contact you and get to know you a little bit more as well. Uh, all of this is online as well. You don't need a card. You can go online, every single bit of it online. But God's going to use us to continue his dream of reaching more people for him in the Fulcher area. And next Sunday, I'm gonna tell you more about that and how you can get involved and what it's gonna look like a little bit in uh, greater detail. Uh, but in two weeks is football Sunday. This is a huge day for us every single year. We love this day. You can wear your jersey, but it's a great opportunity to invite neighbors and friends who do not go to church. It is a lot of fun because you will get to hear from players who are actually playing in the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. Here's just a little, little brief clip of what that day is gonna look and feel like. Watch this. Hey everyone, this is Prince of Mukamara. I'll be telling my story in your church on Super Bowl weekend. If you come to church every week, if you come only on Easter, if you come only on Christmas, or if you don't come at all, it doesn't matter. I promise this is something you won't wanna miss. A lot of, lot of fun. So be thinking about who you can bring in two weeks along with your best kickoff gift. Next Sunday, we're gonna wrap up the 2020 Vision uh, series and uh, what is God's dream for your life and for this church. So don't miss next Sunday. Hey, God bless you. If you're traveling, be safe and enjoy the weekend.